in God's house forevermore our dwelling place shall be amen and that doesn't just mean here in the church in Garangad um, but it does mean to be in God's presence to be in that heavenly Zion and we don't wait till we die to go there we're already there if we know him Jesus as Lord and Savior well we're in Psalm 72 as brother Davy said the righteous king a psalm for Solomon or a psalm of Solomon and how fitting today to look at this particular passage uh, given the transference of monarchy of sovereignty between uh, our departed queen and our new king King Charles and we have to say long live the king God save the king and it's a bit weird saying that because for so many years and you know some of us all we've ever known is a queen and most people in Britain that's the case because 70 years Her Majesty was on the throne and so uh, it's going to be a little bit weird singing the national anthem for a while and you know you look at the symbols of monarchy all around us uh, post boxes or coinage so many things about the Queen and you you know you go on to YouTube and you look for the national anthem that's all God said the Queen it's going to take a while to change that over uh, to being God save the King and so on but this passage of Scripture tells us about a righteous King and you know a lot of people don't like the monarchy a lot of people think the monarchy is outdated irrelevant and so on but there are a lot of good reasons scriptural reasons why we should be in favor of monarchy and here's one because jesus taught us the pattern prayer thy kingdom come then thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven heaven is a kingdom heaven is not a democracy heaven is not a republic heaven has no presidents heaven has no uh, ministers in the sense that we have well let me put it this way heaven has no politicians and there's no election in heaven to office there's no every five years or every 500 years Jesus has to stand for election he's king and he's the eternal king and so I believe a nation is blessed which has its governmental setup based on heaven so you know I'm not knocking America and other nations that have got presidents and ministers or whatever they have but praise God we live in a kingdom and we have uh, a king we have a queen whatever is, is appropriate at the time we have a monarchy which is patterned after heaven amen there's so much written in scripture in fact this one here the very first one give the king thy judgments what does that mean and friends let me just say at the outset we need to be praying for our new king well I don't like Charles he did this he said that friends that's all nonsense it doesn't really matter what we think of kings and queens we can have our opinions but let me tell you where to lay your opinions aside when you go in prayer because whether you like the king or not you are duty-bound scripturally to pray for your king your queen whatever here in Britain and Americans are duty-bound to pray for the president and so on give the king thy judgment what a great way to start this um, this is a psalm for Solomon and 
Uh, you know, you could look at the authorship because as David read out, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended as the last verse. We pick up from this that this was David's thought. So it could have even been a psalm of David, but it's for Solomon. Most important to understand from this psalm, and it's important for us to understand it in our nation, that kings or monarchy are always about succession. It's always about the, the handover, the passing over of responsibility. Amen? And, you know, we, we see it in other, we see it in business, we see it in politics, you know, the handing over of power. We had that this week with Liz Truss, Boris going before the Queen, resigning, and his authority as Prime Minister then handed by Queen Elizabeth to another Elizabeth. And friends, I, I just want to say this, I'm not going to touch on it too much, but a lot of what took place in the last week took place here in Scotland. And there is great and amazing significance, I believe, to that. Our Queen died at Balmoral in Scotland. But as she died, a new king ascended here in Scotland. Amen? It's not just a coincidence. Give the king my judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. I believe this is David saying to the Lord, give him thy judgments, which means give him wisdom. Okay, we don't want national leaders, in a sense, using their own judgment. You know, I don't want Boris, uh, uh, sorry, King Charles and Liz Truss and all these people that are in seats of power. I don't want them using their own intelligence. I want them consulting God's wisdom from his book and in prayer. And I believe that we should be praying that our new king be a man of faith, a man of prayer, and a man of the word. Now, I know there's a lot of negative things being said about him, and I know there's a lot of people you know, oh, he's this, he's that. Friends, we can change all that and pray a lot of the negative stuff off him by prayer. It's our duty to do that. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Well, we can pray that right now, that God would give him his righteousness, and of course that comes through salvation. And I see a lot of other people saying and praying similar things as our new king ascends the throne, that we would have a godly king. And in a sense, we have to ignore what Charles has been up till now, because our duty now is to pray for him as king. It doesn't matter who it was. It doesn't matter who, who, who it's, you know, we'll do the same for William and any Prince George, whoever it is. We pray because we're mandated by Scripture to pray these things. And we ought to be praying them as well for our Prime Minister and other ministers and for our First Minister in Scotland. Oh, we can't pray for Nicola. She needs it more than anyone. <coughs> and, and, and I have to say this, her tribute uh, the other night was very fitting and respectful and, and honourable. It's time we uplifted our national leaders before the Lord, whether we like them or not. And you know, I'm going to say this, pray for them until they're people you like. As in, pray, you know, I don't like them, Lord, change them. Improve or remove, amen. You know, you want to be able to say of our first minister, well, I like that first minister. He or she, they get it right. 
Oh, we can't say that. See, the problem is, is that we want to have our opinions and our judgments, but we don't want to obey Scripture. And I feel it's very fitting today because, you know, we're all in moment, and rightly so, but it's not about, you know, there's a sense in which we say that the Elizabethan age has passed, and it's every day we're further away from it. And while we rightly honour and we, we, we can still mourn, and we do today, this is partly what this service is about, we must look ahead. And as we prayed for our queen, we, we need to pray for our king. And if you didn't pray for your, your queen, enough, start praying properly and adequately. And let's see what this psalm tells us. Now people say, well, this is messianic, this is about Jesus. And the reason it's about Jesus, of course, is because this is the, the, the throne of David that is mentioned here. That, that's why it's a, it's a psalm for Solomon, but it really means it's a psalm of succession. These things ought to be prayed for every king who is in the Davidic line, or every queen. Now, some sitting here, I know, believe that our British throne is the continuation in the earth of the throne of David. You may not believe that, but even if you don't, these are still good things to pray for kings, and good things to pray for national leaders. Because if we don't pray for them, then they're just going to end up being people we complain about. And I want to say this, you have no business complaining about anybody in public office and authority unless you're praying for them. Okay, because all you are then is a rebel, the voice of a rebel. We don't, we've had enough rebels. We need supporters. That doesn't mean we support everything they say or do, but what it does mean is that we support them where we need to support them, which is on our knees in prayer. Amen? We've had situations in the past. Uh, we celebrate these people, people like the Covenanters, the Puritans, who rose up against uh, the tyranny of kings. But friends, sometimes taking that confrontational approach is not necessary if we will spend serious time praying for those that are in authority, we're told. Now, it says here, He shall judge thy people with righteousness, and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people, and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge, and what it means here when it says this, it doesn't mean judge against, it actually means judge in favour of the poor. And I, I want to emphasise it. There's one thing to pray right now, if you want to start praying for our monarch and for our government. He shall judge the poor of the people, he shall save the children of the needy, and shall break in pieces the oppressor. The righteous king in scripture is not a king who favours the elite. It's not a king, or, or we could say prime minister or, or governmental leader, are not people who look after the rich. They're actually people who look after the poor. They are leaders who will stand in front of the oppressor and say, I'm defending people. If you want anything to pray for Prince, King Charles, we're all going to be making that mistake, aren't we? If you want anything to pray for him, pray that, that he will be somebody who has a heart for the poor. Why? Because that is a biblical king. That's a king that God can favour and honour and can, can with up, uphold their reign. Okay? People who can't defend themselves 
the oppressed, the fatherless, orphans, widows, people who don't have power, people who don't have wealth, people who don't have influence, the very people that the church is supposed to look after. The very people, you know, if you go and read the history of this place and of the other ministries that sprouted up around that time, it was all these people here that the king is told here in Scripture, he needs to look after those people. And you could argue, in one sense, we will not need ministries that look after the poor if we have a king sitting on the throne or a prime minister sitting in number 10 Downing Street who says, you know, we need to look after the folks that can't fend for themselves. They shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. You know, it's so important to have leaders in office, and that includes, and, and most certainly the king, or the queen, whoever's in the throne of Britain, that say, you know, we need to look after the children. Have that heart. And there are people oppressed, we're not having that, we will crush the oppressor. And the oppressor, as we looked at a couple of weeks back, well, that's utility companies and other uh, businesses that want to exploit people who can't defend themselves, who can't pay, bring them into debt and bondage. We're not going into all that again. But it's saying here a righteous king will stand against an economy that crushes the poor and the oppressed. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the moon grass as showers that water the earth. What he's saying here is we want a king that is refreshing. A king that is refreshing is somebody who gets up every morning and says, Lord, show me today what I must do to be the king that my people need and that you require me to be. You see, that's what happened with Solomon. The Lord said to him, ask of me anything. Who would like God to appear to them and say, ask me whatever you want? And, and you might say, oh, I've always wanted a Rolls Royce. I've always wanted a 17-bedroom mansion on the shores of Loch Lomond. Or I've always wanted this, I've always wanted that. Solomon could have asked for anything like that. And God said to him, as Solomon said, help me, give me wisdom to lead this people because I'm not capable in myself. And God says, because you've asked this, I'll give you riches, I'll give you, I'll give you the necks of your head. Because he, he could have said, eh, make me the, the, the most powerful king. And you know, if you go and read the history books, that's what Solomon was during his time. But he didn't ask for that. He asked to be a better king. He asked for wisdom that God would show him, how can I judge among this people to be a blessing to them. You know, we don't want a king that says, well, you know, how can I uh, lord it over the people? We want a king that says, how can I serve the people? Friends, you and I have that king. He lives in us, King Jesus. The Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve. We want a king with a heart like that, don't we? We want a prime minister or a first minister or a city, Glasgow City Council leader that says, that gets up every morning and says, what can I do today, today to serve the people? I don't know about you, but I think it's important that we have leaders like that 
And if we want to have them, it's important we pray. We don't just leave it to chat. Ah, well, if they're that way, that's good. If they're nowhere, they're just bams. Yeah, he's a bam, she's a bam. <coughs> Folks, we don't need that attitude. And I'll tell you this right now, if you, if you know the Lord, you are responsible for your nation to pray these things. In his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. You know, we want the righteous to flourish, don't we? We don't want the wicked to flourish. We don't want drug dealers and criminals and all of that and con artists and slanderers and thieves. We don't want them to flourish, do we? We don't want that type of activity to flourish. We want the righteous to flourish. Someone was sharing with me yesterday about, uh, he was uh, on the streets uh, testifying, witnessing during the fringe in Edinburgh, and they were trying to throw him out of the wee zone that they had. And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a battle, a tussle. And I said to him, I said, well, what you really need to do is change it at a higher level so that the council turn around and say, you know, we need a Christian witness in the, the fringe. Rather than all these uh, weird people, occult New Age freaks. And so we need a government. We need our councils. We need those in higher office to say that we need to do things right. And we need the righteous to flourish in that environment. An abundance of peace. So long as the moon endureth. Folks, is the moon going anywhere? It's a witness. Did you know that the sun and moon are a witness? The sun and moon are a witness to God's faithfulness. And they're also a witness to the throne of David in the earth. Solomon knew that. Because as long as there's a sun and a moon, the Bible says... David will not want a man. David won't be lacking anybody, man or woman, to sit on that throne. So the moon's not going anywhere, so we should be praying for abundance of peace. Peace comes, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Peace comes when we pray for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Who wants a godly, honest society? rather than the mess that's around us. The reason there's a mess around us, not enough people are praying. Amen? When you see these things around you, pray harder. What did Jesus say? He said this. He says uh, that the answer to, to weakness is prayer. Men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to be weak, not to, oh, well, we'll just have to accept it. Jesus said, no, men are always to pray. And prayer, I don't mean by prayer we beg and squall God. I mean we stand before God, lift up Psalm 72 and say, Lord, this is, how, this is what we want from this man, Charles. Amen. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. Well, maybe some of you are old enough to remember this, <laughs> but you'll know from your history books. Remember when the, the Royal Navy, the Royal Navy, somebody, I, I noticed somebody said the other day, the British Navy, and somebody corrected them and says, no, it's the Royal Navy. And the reason it's the Royal Navy is because 
our ships sailed on this verse. Dominion from sea to sea. Remember when the Royal Navy ruled the seas? That story of that song, Rule Britannia, which was written partly by Scott, by the way. And Rule Britannia, Britannia Rule the Waves, is a command, a heaven's command. And let me just say this to you. This is so important. When Rule Britannia was composed and first sang, did you know that Britain's Navy didn't rule the waves? The Dutch Navy did. The Dutch Navy was more powerful than the British Navy. Um, so Britain didn't rule the waves. Within a few short years, because so many people were singing it, Britain's Navy, the Royal Navy, ruled the waves. It was the most powerful Navy in the globe. Because people were speaking. See, what comes out of your mouth impacts your nation. If what comes out of your mouth is blessing and prayer, like this, give the king thy judge. This day, Father, give King Charles your wise, your wisdom. Give him understanding. Give this new prime minister understanding. Give our first minister understanding. Give them all understanding, Lord. Give them your judgments. Give them that sense of discernment between what's right and wrong and choose the right. If we'll pray that way, folks, I believe God will answer and things will change all around us. Amen? From the river unto the ends of the earth. Well, the river means the river Euphrates and the ends of the earth meant Britain. So he's actually talking, if you look at it geographically, he means all the way around uh, Africa and up into the English Channel. That's what, that's what that literally means, geographically. And you know, let me just say this about dominion. Dominion here doesn't mean that we will uh, bully other nations that we will impose our will upon them with tyrannical military force. You know, people have the idea that that's what the empire was like. Maybe there was a bit of that, but folks, it's not about that. I'll tell you what true dominion comes from. True dominion comes from holiness and godliness as a people and a nation. God will give that nation dominion in the earth. Of course, there's, there's also... The ultimate expression of this and manifestation will be the reign of King Jesus uh, at, the, at the end, if you like, of history. And I just want to, we've not got a lot of time here, so verse 10, we're in it. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're in verse 10. Hallelujah. Because it says the kings of Tarshish. And those of you Greek scholars will know that the Greek way of saying Tarshish is Tarsus. Amen. The kings of Tarshish Street. Now I know street's not there, but <laughs> the kings of Tarsus and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Praise God. We're in the Bible. Amen. Our church is in the Bible. Amen. I'm sure if I keep looking, I'll find Bill in here somewhere. <laughs> Amen. Well, let me just say that David's are well in it, aren't they? 
They can walk about. I'm in the Bible. Amen. But look what it says. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. You know, it's, again, it's not about having that bossing it over people, lording it over. I believe that when the nations see a king or a queen sitting on the throne who is like David, a shepherd king, friends, a, a, a fathering king. I shared this yesterday at the gathering. I don't know if any of you spotted it. Can you see a difference in King Charles now that he's become king? There's a, there's a different bearing about it. And we need to pray that it's not just a show for the cameras. Or We need to pray that his heart is to say, Lord, make me a king for my people that honours you, Lord. Imagine having a king or a prime minister praying something like that. Wow. You know, they used to. We've had kings like that. We've had queens like that. David, David knows the story of Queen Victoria. I think an Indian prince travelled thousands of miles to come and ask her the secret of Britain's greatness. And in effect, she said, oh, that's easy. She pointed. She says, that's it. The open Bible, friends. And we need a king who has an open Bible and an open heart to the things of the Lord. And you know, one of my prayers is that number 10 Downing Street will always be a house of prayer. And I will pray that until it happens. All kings shall fall down. Why? Because what, why did all kings fall before? This was fulfilled in Solomon's reign because he had such wisdom. And the Queen of Sheba came and gave him millions in gold. And I think I actually gave it back to you. Because they paid tribute. What did they pay tribute to? The wisdom of God that flowed through Solomon and flowed into him. Imagine having a king that wise. Imagine having politicians who, when they went their first duty of business in the House of Commons, was to say, let's, let's pray to the Lord. Now, I know they have prayers, but I'm talking about praying. I'm talking about Holy Ghost praying. Imagine having that. Imagine having a country like that in this modern, woke world that we live in. And people turn around and say, you know, we've got all this wokeness going on, we've got everything else, but our nations are a mess and it's all the wrong darkness. But look at Great Britain. Look at Scotland. Look at the light. Look at the blessing. Look at the glory. Look at the prosperity. Look at the flourishing of that city of Glasgow. Because the ships of Tarshish, the people of Tharsis Street are praying and the people across the land are praying in accordance with God's will, that God's purpose, thy kingdom come. You know, it's not about Charles's kingdom, it's God's kingdom. Expressed through our kingdom, expressed through our parliament, expressed through our governments, expressed through our town councils and our city or, uh, province office and so on. Now watch this. He shall, he shall deliver, verse 12, He shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. Abide with me. We just sang it. Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. 
And he says, I'll do that. But one of the ways I'll do that, I'll give you a king that says there are people with no helper, so I'm going to be as king their helper. Imagine, and it wasn't just and a prime minister, it wasn't just to get votes. It wasn't just to curry favour. It was because they had a heart. They say, look, I'm not comfortable being king. I'm not comfortable being prime minister. I'm not comfortable being province of this city. If there are people in here that have no helper, they're helpless. I'll be their help. Help me to help them, Lord. Oh, imagine a city, a country, a nation that had such leaders. It's your duty and mine to pray that way. We're running out of time, folks. And what it says here, verse 15, let's just close it off. He shall live unto him, shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Watch this. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. In other words, daily shall he be uplifted before the throne and prayed for. Give us such a king, Lord. Give us a prime minister like that. Give us a first minister. Give us a foreign secretary. In other words, if you take high office, we'll pray for you. And we'll pray that God's kingdom and God's will be done through you. That's our responsibility. You know, during the war, the late king, the last king, he called for days of prayer. And those days of prayer worked. Because our nation was delivered. And, and we need a king who will call the people to prayer. Amen? We need King Charles. Let's pray this, that he will be a man of prayer. We don't have a lot of time left. I'm just going to do what we normally do, which is intercede for our uh, royal house and for our government. Father, we just thank you for these things. Lord, we lift this man Charles before you. We pray that all the people of the earth, especially here in Britain, be blessed by this man, by him coming to you and being the king. Father, we read off here and in other places. He that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. Solomon's father said that. Let that be true of our king, the new king Charles. Let it be true of our leader. Let it be true of Nicola Sturgeon. That father, they rule in the fear of God. Give our leaders the fear of God. And break off them antichrist power. Break off them globalist nonsense. Break off them, father, Babylonian systems. And let them be men and women of prayer, faith, and the word of God. In Jesus' name, bless our nation. Amen.